Luck on Sunday. Brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world. Are they real is the question that's most often asked when I meet people and talk about this program. Yeah, this one's real. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. They absolutely are. Uh, you can talk and eat at the same time mm. as we take in uh, this week's talking points. Uh, we're a bit late, to be honest, here, but the conversation has picked up a little bit of pace during the course of the week um, off the back of David Walsh's Sunday Times article about Bryony Frost and her relative lack of opportunities compared to uh, the time before uh, she was involved in the case during which Robbie Dunn was um, found guilty of bullying her. Uh, Neil, um, what was your take on David Walsh's ask? I mean, the timing was apropos of... I don't think it's really true, is it, though? Um, she hasn't really had... I mean, she had, she's had fewer rides than her best ever years, but she's had about an average number of rides uh, for her I kind suppose, of normal years. I suppose years. the question I should have asked is, do you, do, would you accept his contention that um, she has been the victim of a... Uh, uh, do, of, of horse racing's patriarchy. I, I do suppose. kind of slightly accept that. I think she has been a bit frozen out, hasn't she? She's, she's, there's plenty of people around the sport that just don't have anything to do with her anymore because of what happened, and and that that doesn't seem right. But you can't force people to talk to somebody they don't want to talk to. Um, I don't know. I mean. I think she's a brilliant rider. Uh, I think if you look at the numbers, she does really well on chases. She's 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 well above uh, actual over expectation at Cheltenham uh, and at Kempton in chase races, uh, and she's a really good jockey. I think uh, she's not like an absolute peak jockey though. So you're you're, so using, you're using gamblers' data to make that that assessment yeah. rather than the the anecdotal. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's a very, very, it's a very competitive market out there at the moment, though. Like it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of jockeys out there, smaller fields and stuff like. That. Yes, there's a lot of racing, but the spare rides that once were available, they're not as available much anymore. You see a lot of jockeys. There's so many jockeys, so many trainers that. You know, even the smaller yards now, they all have two or three jockeys that ride for them. For them, you'd be the, originally. The, you'd be the. You'd be the. It's, it's, just, it's a very, very competitive really. market. What, out I, there what I would say quickly before we run out of time, at the time of the case, lots of people said, "Oh, the weighing room police itself," and other people said, "Well, that isn't really acceptable in the modern era, and mm. things have to change, and there needs to be a culture change." Yeah. I don't really think there's been a culture change. I, I think it's. I don't know. You're in the weighing room. I mean, I, I feel like if the same thing happened tomorrow. I'm not sure that someone would be rushing to whistleblow. They would keep it within closed doors because they'd think that didn't look like much fun for her. I ain't going into the whole politics of that, but she's a fantastic rider. She gets the horses run for a while. You know, she's got a lovely, she's got a lovely wet balance, a lovely way of riding, and and she does she does get horses run for. She's she's a very good rider over a fence and over hard. She's good on babies, and um, getting them going. But I just think it's, you know, people talk about everything that's going on. I just think it's a very, very competitive market out there. The, the rides for a lot of the jockeys, they're, you know, our agents are working very, very hard for us. But just unfortunately, the rides aren't out there as, as much as they were. Last word. If another Frodon turned up for her, she'd be back in the headlines straight away. And, and it's about having the horses. And she'll know that as well as anybody. When Black Horton and Frodon were flying along, you know, it, it feels easy. It's like, you know, when the, the listener's in his top form, is a young rider, you're flying. So would you, um, would you prefer to view this as a victim of fashion rather than a victim of misogyny? Oh, I'm not getting into all that, but... It, <laughs> well, it's a 
simple question. No, I, I think it's, I, I think, you know, when, when, a, when a respected outside sports journalist writes something as combative as that, I think it turns up on the Nick Luck Sunday show as a talking point and we all have to have an opinion when actually we don't really have one. Okay. Quick, quick, last quick question. Are all the changing rooms totally changed now? Are there any changes? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, the they, they, they the have a line, yeah. haven't they? When they at the, have, at the mid, yeah, there's probably are there still some half and half. Quite quite yeah, there is it. some of them that aren't quite finished yet. But I mean, it feels like quite a long time to the get deadline. The deadline for that, the BHA, I think, has pushed pushed back. Okay, um, I'm told that the new Warwick facility is. Very good. Yeah, no, right? Warwick have, have um, done a great job. Actually, they've done a great job. And do you know what? For for us, I'll, for myself, I'll, I'll say, you know, I've been been really pushing for the because obviously we haven't got the mm. saunas and all that anymore. I've been really pushing to get the treadmills and the bikes and yeah. and all yeah. of that because it is very very it's yeah. cold out there in the wintertime. It's very hard to lose weight. Um, on the day of the race. That's racing. why I've had the heating turned up in here for Exactly, you. yes. I've got, yeah, I've got 11 2 well, later on, so I've got to be a little bit careful. A furnace, but, so I'm trying to look after you. I no, it's, it's, it's like coming to a heat bank for it, me. Well, I mean, it's, it's very good for us impoverished punters. It'd be interesting to see what Michael uh, Michael Owens says about. I'm sure they go to all them Premier League games. In a, I'm sure they had, you know, at the end of the day, we are professional athletes at the end of the day, you know, and to have sort of run machines and bikes and stuff like that. That should be just, to me personally, that should be in standard, you know, because we are a professional, it's a professional job. And I'm sure Michael will tell you later on, they had all the kit in the world that they needed. And where we are fortunate, and I think this is something that, and I'm not just saying this to butter you up because I've known you long enough, I don't need to do that. Um, where we are fortunate, I think, in this sport is that we've got professional athletes who will come on a show like this, spend an hour and a half talking to you and then go off to ride at at Lingfield, I nearly said Windsor this <laughs> afternoon because it will be Windsor next year. This is it for the Winter Millions at Lingfield. Off to Windsor jumping. Do you like that? I had. I was looking enough. I only think when Ascot was getting re redone, we had jump racing at Windsor, didn't mm, we? You did. For, and I think I only rode there. I think it was two or three times when I was a seven-pound claim or something like that. So I don't really know much about uh, the track really. But doing a little bit of hosting and stuff like there um, last summer. It's a real friendly kind of a, a party sort of, yeah, real good vibe around uh, Windsor. And I actually really enjoy going there. So I'm hoping they can bring that sort of uh, entertainment or that sort of um, vibe or life to, to Windsor for this new Winter Millions. Yeah, it was suggested to me that they might need a few more radiators in some of the hospitality <laughs> if they're going to go all out in the winter. Uh, do you have fond memories, if you can remember at all, Windsor jumping? Uh, I do. Um, uh, we went there during uh, during the re refurb, and I, I thought it was really good, actually. But it, they're not. Is it? Am I right? They're not going to go figure of eight this time. They're going to try and do it. <coughs> I do believe so. And I, I think there's some somebody like Chris Pitt will tell us a racing historian that you know you you could have done that at one point at uh, at Windsor, and I think that's the I think that's the plan. But I think we've got to welcome the. Um, the innovation to to do this it's going to be a three-day fixture with mixing Ascot in in the middle mm. uh called the Berkshire Berkshire Millions jumping it? festival Berkshire. of excellence yep. and brilliance um and I think it's really good I think it, it it leads us a little bit more towards this structured system or structured um festival type scenario through the season well, th those those um, um uh 
crowd figures for last year, yeah. if it didn't show you that all people care about is going to a festival, it showed yeah. you nothing. And and I think to actually be able to show our supporters and our public that, okay, you, you go here in November, you go here in December, you go here in January, here in February, obviously March and April, we know about. I think it's, I, I think it's quite neat. Um, and I think every effort has to be done to make sure that it goes ahead. Now, I'm not saying that Lingfield haven't been very unlucky this, this week uh, with the weather. Of course they have. I mean, they've done well to get it on They today. often are. But hang on. Whereas Windsor, apparently the ground is, well, it was used to be a little bit more on the kind of good side. Than if I asked you in January, where's the heaviest ground in the country, you'd say Fosslass or Lingfield, wouldn't yeah, you? So it's, it's yeah. going to be no surprise. Yeah. Okay. Should so... So off it goes to Windsor. We're all yeah. happy about that. One line, what's the future for Lingfield? No all-weather finals yeah, day. That's bad, gone. No winter millions jumping. Actually, that's gone. I was going to say something else. I was going to say How much is it worth? Well, it's bad. It's, it feels bad news for Lingfield. Mm. I don't know. Maybe... Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that is right. curtains for Lingfield. My the mate, bell, the bell my, my, not gone. Yeah, I know, Just I keep talking. That. I'm going to uh, keep talking. Constitution. Right, go on, Do we want to reheat this pie? Probably not. But um, the pie has to be reheated, really, because confirmation came through this week that he definitely wouldn't go to Trials Day. I mean, we debated this a little bit on the programme uh, last week. You're really just kind of picking up where you left off, aren't you, with the whole Dublin Racing Festival chat? But uh, the key question for, for most people is, this is the best horse in training by miles. They have got all the aces up their sleeve. And by a bit of bad luck and a bad scope, you're probably going to see him three times in a season, which isn't a lot, is it? No, it's not. And I'm sure no one is more frustrated when he sees a headline about Constitution Hill than Nicky Henderson, uh, because he is absolutely. like... OK, you know what? Even as, a, even as a fan, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him running a handicap just to see how good he is. As a fan, I'd love to see all these things. But the reality is, is there is one man trying to direct this horse's career, um, and he will be doing an exemplary job of it because he's so good and history has shown you he's repeatedly good at his job so I think you just have to bear with him on uh, not him but you have to bear with connections on this and um, you know nev you never know next year maybe there's a different approach took but you uh, know Matt Chapman tried to pin Nicky down on on ITV a couple of days ago and asked him why can't you run him in the Irish champion hurdle um, and going by them by those criteria that you were setting down before if he's got clearly the best horse then everyone's going to be pussyfooting around him rather than the other way. And taking him out to uh, taking him out to Ireland is, is is a risk for all the things I've said earlier on. But you know, what, what's what's is it the travelling that's risky? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go on. Just it's just hard on them. It's just hard on them. So you know, the, 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 the overnights, the horses. So Constitution Hill's only ever run in the UK. I think he spent one night in Doncaster on the way home from Newcastle this year, which is inconsequential because, you know, he was far enough away from a race mm. and he didn't actually have to have a race when he stayed away. Um, but he might take as much out of himself doing that whole up and they got stuck on the motorway and another night away. Not necessarily, but go, going, you know, going to Ireland is sort of to at least two nights away for okay. the horses rather than one maximum. Um, but what, what all this Constitution Hill thing in my opinion boils down to is everyone wants to be able to call in the best there ever was and I think people are getting frustrated that there's not enough evidence yeah. to say that <laughs> well, and, and I, I genuinely was, think if that he, if he was mine he'd be, he'd be at Dublin Racing Festival quick stroll around the Cotswolds up to Liverpool over to the Emerald Isle 
back to ditch it for a quick rest before the Ascot Gold Cup. Job done the breaking news. Michael Buckley. Neil will be training. They say they're not machines. He's a machine. He'll get beat a few times, but everyone will be entertained. The one thing, of course that would happen if Constitution Hill ran in Ireland is that he'd be jumping off to time because in Ireland they can get their races run to time and they can't in the UK, it seems. Go on, then off you go again. Well, I just, I, I, there was a great thing in the Racing Post, wasn't it? Because all these things, you know, we kind of moan about things and people say, oh, God, you know, Newbury's always bad and stuff. But we actually had some data. Somebody did some data in the race. I can't remember who it was now. Sorry, whoever it was that did the work. That's bad. I should have remembered their name. But uh, they, they, they produced a table of which courses are the slowest off the line were pretty bad. Uh, Newbury, it did turn out, were quite bad. Obviously, the flat uh, mm. races are off later, of course, because of the stalls. And you might say, well, we need more stalls. Well, Newbury on the flat, it's big, big field two-year-old races, isn't it? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that, yeah. Um, I think the idea, it's more of a general thing, though, isn't it? There was a bit of a discussion on Twitter this week, people saying, well, you know, from a customer point of view, we need to think about the racing regulars, the people that follow the sport around the country, particularly midweek. They're not getting what they ought to be getting, which is seeing horses in the pre-parade ring, seeing horses do a full circuit of the parade ring in order, and then going down to the start in time so that races go off. The other thing is, from, just from money into the sport, clashes is just the worst thing ever. And for TV, it's terrible. And I think the participants need to think more broadly mm. about the good of the sport. I, I, I mean, what can you do about it? I mean, I guess if you're the BHA, you could start finding courses and say, look, if you're racing, yeah, the problem is that minutes, like, got, you get a fine, jobs get fined, get, get trainers get fined stuff like stuff. that. Races. At the end of the day, we are dealing with animals. They're mm. not robots. Like, you don't, like a 20-runner, two-year-old, you're not going to go down to the start thinking that all these two-year-olds are just going to walk straight into it. But Ireland are significantly better at getting their races off on time. It's fact. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like two minutes every it's, yeah, it's an interesting debate. Because you like, build in, you build in. I mean, like if you get one loose going under the stalls or whatever, there's nothing you can do about that. But I think as a general rule, the, the whole kind of traffic of the race day just works a bit more efficiently. Well, we're, so we get like eight minutes. We get the call eight minutes to go out. So that's from eight minutes to the off time. Mm to get called out. So we, when we come in, we get a five-minute call, eight minutes before we go out to parade ring. We have a debrief with the owners, trainers, for, for maybe two or three minutes or whatever it is, and then we're, we are literally going down to the start. Uh, we are, we are, we're going down to the start. Japan, they're in the pre-parade ring like an hour before. I mean, I'm not saying that you should do that on a wet Wednesday mm. in Lingfield, but... You'd love that when you've got four to saddle, wouldn't you? <laughs> I'd love to have four to saddle in a race, Nick. I'd, I'd cope with it. <laughs> that, they'll be, don't worry, they'll be clamping down on that soon. <laughs> It'll be three. Uh, we can just spin this straight on, because it all, it's, all, it's all two sides of the same coin, really. Uh, and it's to do with customer experience at the race course and making a race day just a bit more engaging, a bit more straightforward to follow. And half the time you can't see what number the horse is because the sheet's over the over the thing and nobody puts the number on top uh, and also the horses don't parade in race cars order order as they do in quite a lot of other countries around the world is this actually very difficult to do dan no and i have to uh, hold my hands up and say there's a lot of times we don't put the numbers on uh, but the the attendants have always a, got the yeah. number on the But if they had a arm. bib on rather yeah. than a number, then you'd be able to see. All these things, if they're going to improve the experience of the customer, and there's enough customers, let's be make, making sure we get this bit right, there's enough customers that actually think it's worthwhile because it's all very well doing things to, you know, to keep three people happy who've mm. been moaning about the same thing via email for the last 14 years. <laughs> like, that's not a good use of time. But if it's going to make a general positive impact on our sport, let's do it. The whole thing about the off times, 
talk to people, see how it can be done, let's try and do better. It's not a big thing that needs blown out of proportion and fingers need to be pointed and people need to be fined. That's just going to irritate people who are trying their best to do yeah. it. By fining racecourses, you're not going to achieve anything other than make them angst and angry and go in and start shouting Well, you've got to help them smooth their procedures. Exactly. So look, just, just take your time over it and work out where things can be better and then implement them. And don't implement them via 16 different meetings with all the, just mm. implement them. This is going to work from, from Tuesday, the 13th of whenever, we're going to do this. Done. The only thing I would observe uh, as to what's different here compared to other countries is the there's an awful lot of post-race faffing in in the UK relative to other other in other countries. The winner comes in, in trophy done, bang out, on we go to the next thing. Here they're still like sitting in the winners' enclosure 25 minutes later. No wonder you guys can't get out in time. And then you've got all of us trying to get hold of you. But I get that you could definitely structure that more. Yeah, I think it could, things could be done an awful lot quicker um, for sure. Um, there you yep. are. You're done. That's fine. Actual, actual good use of the bell. Uh, right, where are we on the affordability situation? A debate has been granted to Parliament. Yeah. We, we did uh, flag this up last week. Yeah, so we, we obviously we had all the, all the naysayers saying, oh, this petitioner will never get to 100,000. Uh, did you know that... Well, then we had everyone saying it'll never get a debate because Hancock's well, already screwed first, it. First of all, though, did you know that between 0.1% and 0.7% of petitions get to 100,000? That's how small, that's how hard it is to get a petition to 100,000. Yeah, it was a very low number. It used to be 0.7. It came, I think, last year at 0.1. They up to nearly a million on the XL bully. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a few that have really taken off. But the, I mean, I think it's pretty damn good of racing to get 100,000. A lot of people were, oh, God, is that all? You know, that doesn't seem very many. <coughs> a million people watch ITV racing. How did they not get more? Um, then, of course, it, not all petitions lead to a debate. And there was a talk of, you know, Matt Hancock had already called a debate a few weeks ago and maybe that would scupper it. Uh, now, now the naysayers are saying, well, what's the point of a debate anyway? It'll just be the same six MPs yawning their way through it and we'll all just hear the same thing. That's not really the point of it. The point of it is MPs who don't have stables in their constituency, don't particularly have racecourses in their constituency, don't really care one way or the other about racing, haven't had a lot of letters about it, are suddenly seeing it, you know, coming up in the press releases, you know, it's, it's in the news. And these are the people we have to convince. So I think that's quite important. Um, I feel like the pressure is, you know, there's been a lot of pressure on Stuart Andrew and Lucy Fraser recently, mm. and I don't think either of them are very keen on uh, frictioned uh, affordability. Uh, and I think if you asked either of them, they kind of wish the whole thing would go away. And they're kind of lucky, because it is going to go away. There's going to be a general election. Right, I'm going so to put this tweet election. up here now oh, yeah. uh, from Michael Dugger, Dugger or Betting and Gaming yeah. Council. Funds have said loud and clear they want any affordability checks to be frictionless. Uh, you take issue with that. 106,000 people signed a, peti a petition saying punters don't want affordability checks at all. They didn't loud and clear say they'd like affordability checks to be frictionless. They said loud and clear they don't want affordability checks. I don't know why Michael's decided to put his own spin on what the punters are saying loud and clear. It's quite obvious what they're saying. They signed a petition, 106,000 people. All right. Well, I want to steer this towards uh, anti-post betting, because, of course, this is the time of the year when it is most in the spotlight. Steve Mellish and Nick Lightfoot had a great show yesterday in the absence of, uh, of any live turf racing in the UK. And uh, Steve used that platform to 
bemoan really the state of uh, well it's of died hasn't it it's died and it's died for many reasons but I, first of all why is anti-post betting important i think it is important because well it is if you're um, trying to build up an event isn't it Dan? well that's what i mean it's it's the building well, up, isn't it if you yeah. talk about the prices you get people thinking about i know everyone says everything's all about children but you get people thinking about the grand national or the derby or whatever months in advance you get people watching the trials you get people talking about it get the yeah. media interested have you got what can you give me one for the county hurdle now or the coral absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> he'll tell us later he'll tell us later uh, is Langadan okay by the way because I there was a little problem at yeah. Clinton, wasn't there yeah um actually I spoke to Colin um the other day and we're going to do a couple of checks um, but he, he, I know everyone thinks, oh, he's getting ready for the coral and all that type of thing. Well, but why would, honestly, why would he? He is, <laughs> he, he, he is not, he is not easy. He actually had surgery after the Coral Cup last year. Did he? He had surgery what? after the Coral Cup on a, <laughs> yeah, uh, on a, on a, on the back of a tendon. Um, he, he's, he, he isn't easy. He, uh, you know, I know everyone used smirking, but he ain't easy. When he goes, when he goes sixteens into fives, you'll see how easy. He, he, you, look, can we talk about anti-post betting? Anti-post betting. This is guys. I do, I do think. I do think though that, it, that a lot of it is to do with there's no trading teams at these firms now. They used to have a breadth of expertise. Uh, you know, Corals, Labrooks, William Hills, uh, Betfred. You know, they all had their own trading teams. A couple of them still have horse racing traders that know their stuff. Most of them just have, you know, basically machine watchers. They watch. The it's a number for debate. Over. It's a number for debate. It's something else to talk about. It pads out the big meetings. Oh, this has been shortened into eight to one. That's ridiculous. I think it should be this, that, or the other. You know, it's just part of our industry. Right. And and I think the actual amounts that are bet on it. That's quite more your, small. Quite that's small. Your, that's your small. that's your gig, not mine. Definitely. But quite like. Small. I, I think racing without anti-post betting would be a bit poorer because it, it, like, it's just a talking point. I think I'll tell you what the other thing is, the big stables. Like, you know, if Willie Mullins has got the top four in the betting, you don't really know which one's going to run. It, you know, it obviously makes it quite hard to make a proper book on it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's made it harder. I've got if, a little you know, if you know that, you, I've got to stop you right there. Okay. If you know that Daryl Jacobs is riding the fourth The street, fourth best, that's then, the best thing. Then, then you, you get on. Those were this week's talking okay. points. Luck on Sunday, brought to you by Whirlpool. Bet with the world.